KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. And if you're wondering, why am I dressed like this? <laughs> I'm going to be chatting with Malcolm Mitchell. Uh, he's a Super Bowl champ and literacy crusader. And he's actually sharing his brand new book, which I really enjoyed. My favorite, my very favorite book in the whole wide world. And I'd like to welcome the show, Malcolm Mitchell. Hi there. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I know you're a bit surprised, like, wait, you're in Atlanta and I'm wearing your Patriots gear. (laughs) But I love it. I love it. It's awesome. Fantastic. Um, When did you know that you wanted to become a writer? I think I kind of stumbled upon that. It it wasn't as, or maybe it was even more organic than me playing football. You know, my community kind of promoted football. Yeah. But no one was a writer. (laughs) <laughs> not that I was aware of at least. So once I got to college and became and became more exposed to different opportunities, started immersing myself in different cultures, kind of stumbled into writing after reading so many books. I love it. And yeah. why children's books? Because I mean, you did a fantastic job on this book, yeah. but I think that's where your strength is. But why did you gravitate towards that? Well, I didn't grow up a reader. I was a a striving reader is the phrase I think they use today. Mm -hmm. I struggled to read even while I was in college. Uh, But there is, I I got to a certain point where I wanted to do something about it. I wanted to become a better reader. I had this belief that reading would transform me into a better person. A more belief. Yeah, no, I think it's true too. Yeah. Um, So, uh, I had to go through the process of kind of becoming more comfortable with books, uh, learning to read, pay attention to sentence structure, uh, verb tense and all of that. So I started that process with picture books as a 19 year old at the University of Georgia. So picture books played a huge role in me becoming a reader. So I gravitated mm-hmm. towards writing them too. That makes sense though, because I, I had a hard time reading stuff where I would just blow it off in school. And my grades showed that. I mean, I I just could not get into reading. Yeah, it's not, it's, you know, uh, I was reading this book that kind of helped me come to the conclusion that reading isn't a natural thing. Mm -hmm. You don't just wake up one day and can read, regardless of what people think. It's really hard. Yeah, it's a muscle. Yeah. So if it's never exercised, well, it won't perform correctly. Sure. So it's, it takes time. It takes, I mean, think about how long does it take a child to walk? This is close to heart because I just had a newborn. So oh, I mean, congrats. we don't think about walking, right? But it takes right. a year, mm-hmm. right? right? We don't think about reading. It took me about two years to come become comfortable with the idea. And I was 19 years old. So wow not really a, a wake up and I can just read. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Were you afraid to tell friends like, Hey, I'm reading picture books. I wasn't afraid. It did not come up. I was afraid in, in uh, grade school though. Yeah. To your point, my behavior suffered. Yeah. Uh, drastically. I would skip school to try to get away from reading. Avoiding. Um, yeah. What, what were we reading to kill a mockingbird or. Romeo and Juliet. If I knew that, school was out of the picture. Right. 
Yeah. That's, you know, I'm, I frown upon that. It's a, it's a bad decision, but that, right. that was my reality. Isn't it amazing though, once you do read a book, like your whole world opens up, you, you, it, it's a great escape to be able to read something, but then you, you're like, what's next? Yeah. And if you, if you escape en- enough times, mm-hmm. well, that escape becomes uh, belief and possibility. Yeah. All right. That's what I, that's what kind of happened to me. I read enough books where I started becoming more and more curious about the real world too. You know, how much of these things can be explored? How much can be expressed? How much can you venture into? How much, how, you know, how can my perception be changed by putting myself in the shoes of a woman who um, was pregnant and had some difficulties, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't experience that physically, right? but the brain is powerful. If you read that story, you'll find yourself putting yourself in that person's shoes. Then you'll start seeing the world through their eyes, yes. which is a powerful revelation. Definitely. So what was it like writing this book? I mean, I love the, the illustrations. Yeah, he did I, great, didn't he? I mean, I'm just going to share with people a little bit. <laughs> I love this. What was it like writing this? It was fun. It was my second book. So after my first one, I, you know, I think I was the athlete who won the Super Bowl who wrote a book. And that was okay for a while. But mm-hmm. me, reading and writing has so much more room in my heart than that phrase. So yeah. this book, I really wanted to write something from the heart and express myself as an individual, but as a writer and tell a story that I thought would resonate with kids. And, you know, illiteracy is this massive uh, conundrum that I think we face in our society. Uh, the, consequence of be- the consequences of being illiterate are so drastic. They are. So writing a story, trying to encourage children to overcome that initial fear and give, and give books a chance at empowering their life was what I was hoping to accomplish with my very favorite book in the whole wide world. I love it. And, and then you, I, the title is kind of cool, right? Because every time someone says it, they have to say my very favorite book. In the whole wide world. <laughs> very clever. <laughs> Did you know before you even sat down to write this, like what your goal was or or as you were writing did you say aha that's how I want to shape this you know um I don't know if I thought that strategically I think I just had a random idea usually mm-hmm. my ideas start off terrible too they're awful I mean that's the, okay the, the first draft is probably embarrassing but you know as I as I continue throughout the process and I have more experiences Mm -hmm. then my creativity really gets going um that's my writing style my writing style is to just write random stuff (laughs) experience life and let life shape the story that's good that's kind of what I deal with this book I had a draft it was titled something else I think the theme was something completely different uh, but then I start going through um, some more reading and literacy triumphs mm-hmm. that really encouraged me to want to get children who grew up in the community that I grew up in and children all around the world to just really give this 
give books a chance to empower them. Yes. So yeah, I kind of, I'm not even sure that's a writing style. I kind of just ramble <laughs> until it comes. No, into- but that's how a lot of people write. They write really lousy first drafts. Yeah. Then they write another lousy second draft. And then you keep kind of taking in the different experiences and things you're thinking. Now you put yourself in this book. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, yes. And yes, I put my experience in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I saw so many people like me in my community um, become this, this desperate on this idea that you could only be an athlete in a, or some form of an entertainer. And mm-hmm. I thought the same exact thing. Right. So once I experienced reading and saw how it, I mean, for heaven's sake, I'm a, I'm a children's book author. And I know maybe the way I speak now isn't a depiction of the reality I, I, I saw as a child, but that's the furthest thing from... You'd never imagine that's what you would be doing. Right. And if I didn't start reading books, I'm not sure that idea would have ever formulated. So there in itself is an example of the power of books. So when I look back on my community and I see people desperate on the ideal of athletics, I say, well, wait a minute, here's something else. It's good. You know? Yeah. That's why I chose the theme. So it's, 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 yeah, it's a story about me, but it kind of goes beyond that. Yeah. Well, I think it applies to so many people. And I actually love the story that you shared about being 19 and reading children's books. Yeah. Because for people that have struggled, that struggle, being reading something that's visual can really help them and and help them read and help them being you know creative. And I, it sounds like that took you off on a totally unexpected path. Yeah, I I'm all about you know I combine the learning styles. That's good. <laughs> I, I when I read, I, I listen sometimes, not all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if there's pictures, I want to see them. I Reading is not just looking at words on a page. That's not, that's, I don't think that's the beauty of it. Yeah. I think it, it, it taking shape in your brain and kind of formulating its own uh, life inside of you is what really makes reading powerful. And I see all your books back there, so. <laughs> that Malcolm is an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's beautiful. Isn't that nice? <laughs> yeah, because it it was it looked too real to be a Zoom screen. So I'm like, oh oh, because I wasn't disappearing. <laughs> right. So I'm like, yeah, that right. cracks me up when I see people like disappearing <laughs> and they got half their head and yeah. No, if, I love it. Did you have a lot of say in the illustrations and how they went along with the story? It, well, I said um, I wanted to be culturally relevant to me yeah. as the author. Yes. And humorous because the topic was kind of dense, right? For right. 85% of the book, he doesn't really find his favorite shape of book, right? Right. <laughs> so th- that was it. You know, I, I believe in letting the creator create. So I did my part with the, the words. Mm-hmm. And Michael Robertson brought it home with the illustrations. Yeah, it was great. What have you heard from people so far about the book? Most people like it. 
Um, Most people, <laughs> you haven't heard, you haven't heard negative stuff. No, I'm not. No, I haven't. I haven't heard anything negative. You shouldn't. Well, I think it's great. Well, that's, I mean, that's subjective. I know it's subjective. Uh, but, you know, I don't write to be, and here's where I get, I start acting. Here's where my uh, mom says, you need to stop acting funny. And that's how she phrases what I'm about to do. Okay. I don't really write to receive positive or negative feedback. Mm -hmm. You know? You just I'm write for you and the audience? Yeah, well, and it, you know, some of it's liberating for me internally, and some of, and mm -hmm. more than anything else, I hope it has an impact on a child. Sure, um, definitely. But I never think about positive or negative feedback. I like constructive criticism. That's so when good. So an editor tells me, "Well, I had to to play sport, right?" Oh <laughs> they yeah. They criticize you all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like constructive criticism and I, I you know, um, but book sales, I hope the book does well, you know, the, the more people it reaches, the better. Sure. Um, but I never really think about that, those things. When Maybe did it come like, out? December. December. Uh, okay. Yeah. I know uh, it's hard with the pandemic, but it's, there is a flip side. I mean, you get to do stuff like this. Yeah. I get, you know, you get to meet a lot of people, yeah. you know, get to meet you, speak with you. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if we would be able to do this or we would have thought of doing this. Right. Um, you know, I guess I would have to be out in California and just happen to see you yeah. sometime, but this is cool. Did you have a, a book reading with uh, Valerie Bowling? Yes. I that, went to school with her. Really? Yeah. Small world. How did that happen? How did that come around? Because I know she wrote a children's book. I think she had a relationship with the bookstore. Okay. They reached out to have her moderate yeah. a session with me. Uh, but we've become, uh, I won't call us friends. We haven't communicated that much. We've become very inter interested in each other's life. It's great. Yeah. So she's awesome. I mean, she make, speaking with her makes me feel so empowered, kind of like you. You make me feel uh, uh, free. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Yeah. What a compliment. Yeah, cool. Oh, that's great. Um, tell me what else, without giving too much away, you'd like people to know about your book. Okay. Um, it's, it's my belief every person is important. Um, like something my mom instilled in me as a child. Every person, regardless of uh, race, sex, gender, religion, um, any category that we've unfortunately had to place ourselves in, everyone is of extreme importance. So you have value, your story has value, and your story is meant to impact the life of another individual. It's not just for yourself. So um, when you have the opportunity and once you find the confidence, share your story because mm -hmm. it, it is important. And yeah. The book touches on that a little bit, but I won't give away too much. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you this because my show is called Get the Funk Out. Yeah, I love that too. <laughs> Thank you. So what do you do in life if you're feeling down, you know? Oh, that's great. I'm, I'm glad you asked me that. Okay. 
Because it's related to funk. Yes. <laughs> I play, awesome. I play. I have my little voting stickers on there, but cool. Yeah, How long no, have you been I, playing? I, um, a year or two now, two years, at least two. Cool. Yeah. When I retired from football, I actually went through some um, funky periods of life and was trying to look for another way to kind of scream and express myself because that's what you're able to do on the football field. Yeah. And I searched, I searched, and I searched. And then one day I'm listening to Jimi Hendrix or Velvet Underground or someone like that. And of course, you hear their music, you're like, if I can't scream through that instrument, well, then I, I don't, I'll never accomplish it. So yeah. that's why I picked it up. It's cool. It's fun. It's a great outlet. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I want to ask you, uh, when did you know you want to become a professional football player? When you were little? No, I, I grew up watching. I really stole my brother's dream. Really? <laughs> yeah. I grew up watching. <laughs> now, I, I enjoyed football, of course. Mm-hmm. And I really had fun. Um, it's a pillar of my life, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't want to downplay any of that. I worked really hard and I dedicated my life to becoming that professional athlete. But, you know, that was my, my brother thought of that dream and kind of shared it with me. So I ran with it. I don't think I really knew I could be a professional athlete until maybe my sophomore year in college or after my freshman year when I saw a teammate go to the NFL and come back with a lot of money and I was like whoa and then news outlets like ESPN start mentioning my name and I was like oh man I could really do this yeah and then I became dedicated to Uh, making that a dream come true. Wow. How many years did you play for the Patriots? Three. Okay. And really only one because I was hurt the last two. Okay. And now you're in Atlanta? Yes. Cool. I I, I want to know more about you. Is that appropriate for your show? That's fine. And if it's not, I'll just edit it out. (laughs) (laughs) Are you from California? No. I am originally from the East Coast. I grew up in Connecticut and then New York City. Okay. And I went to Syracuse University. Um, I loved it, except it was freezing. Yeah. Um, And I, in 2010, a friend of mine passed away. And I'm telling you this because I was in a massive funk. So I took a year off from radio and I decided to come back and do a talk show. Cool. And I called it Get the Funk Out. That's cool. So Malcolm, what advice would you give to people that are watching this that are thinking, you know, I think I want to write a children's book. I would say write it. I uh, read as many as you can. Um, I read maybe three or four daily. And it just helps formulate ideas, helps you get an understanding of um, the different writing styles and the way you can deliver your message. Uh, writing children's books it's it's a little different because you have to take this sometimes very um, complicated uh, story and simplify it for uh, a parent or guardian to read aloud or a child to read for themselves but it's definitely uh, worth the ride it's fun books are immortal yeah so 
once you have one, it's here. Um, yeah. and, it, and at some point it'll impact the life of someone else. You know, I forgot to tell you, I, years ago, I was living in Boston and I lost a cat. I, I didn't actually lose the cat. The cat passed away and I was really upset because I adopted the cat from a shelter. And I went in thinking, I want to get a kitten, but there really weren't any kittens. So there were older cats that people didn't want or they were neglected or abused. Mm -hmm. So I took this cat out of the cage and had this curly tail that went back and it just immediately wrapped its paws around me and like crawled up on my shoulder. And I thought, okay, <laughs> I guess this is the cat. So right. I took the cat home. I named it Curly because of its tail. Cur and it was the coolest cat. It would like eat spaghetti, jump off the walls, eat ice cream, do all these quirky things. Well, the cat passed away. I was so sad. So what did I do? I wrote a draft of a children's book called Curly's Tale, T-A-L-E. Yes. And I talked about the power of adopting not just like a kitten, but animals from shelters, but I never did anything with it. Pull it out. Do you still have it? I still have it it's sitting. Yeah. And the world is so different today versus in terms of publishing 30 yeah. years, it's like the music industry. I think publishing has caught up to uh, authors and people who want to write stories really don't need publishers as much as you once did. I probably shouldn't say that since I'm signed to one. But, you know, in terms of if you just want a story. Right. Out. Now, if you wanted to be global, nationwide, win awards, well, that's a different scenario, right? But if you just want to write your story, yeah, they'll publish it. You can do that. That's what I did in college. You in did college. that. Yes, in college, I could not take money as a student athlete. So signing with a publisher was a no-go. So I decided to self-publish. And okay. you pay for the initial printing costs. And if you have an illustrator that wants a fee, mm -hmm. um, you have to pay them, of course. Or you can illustrate it yourself. True. Or you can find a friend and do it for free. Yep. <laughs> right? So then you're only paying the print cost. Right. And anywhere from, it just depends how many books you want. So you get 10 books, you can get 50, you get a hundred, mm -hmm. you get a thousand. So creating a book is not as difficult as it once was because now you have companies who will simply do it. Yeah. No, I mean, it's great advice. It's like anything like, you know, start small and use it as yeah. your portfolio piece to build onto something else. It's also great advice for kids because, you know, people watching this in the pandemic, you know, I had mentioned to you, we were in a mental health crisis. Now we're in a mental health pandemic. Writing is a great outlet for kids to create things. Right, 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 right. right? Read a story and then write it. I mean, whatever inspiration, whatever you feel, if it's only a sentence. Yeah. I wrote a sentence today. I'm going to share it. And you can cut this out if you want. But well, I wrote a poem today. I was reading... A Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. And of course, I, I want to be a writer, so I find any reason to write. And I simply wrote this one little stanza. A spirit made of flowers, flown further than forever. Let the bells ring sing louder, louder than hell's endeavors. Whoa. I don't even know what it means, right? <laughs> uh, I wrote you know it. what it means. Yeah, well, I, I do, but I want to go yeah. into it. Okay. Um, 
but I read that story and immediately felt it doesn't have to be a book is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, it doesn't right. have to get your iPad, get your phone, piece yeah. of paper, right. stick right on sticky notes. Have a mantra. It just go. Yeah, it could be like your quote of the day, your mantra, yeah. whatever. And it'll change it'll it'll I think it helps a little bit. But that's cool. We're all wired different. Where can people find out more about you and your book? Um, you can find out more about me, the book, and my foundation at readwithmalcolm.com. It's just like it sounds, readwithmalcolm.com. And uh, there you'll you'll see the work I'm doing in the communities around literacy. You'll see information about the books. Um, and you, I'm not sure you'll learn that much about me, but they can just call you for that. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I didn't even ask you like your foundation. What, how, when did you start your foundation? I started my foundation, Share the Magic Foundation in 2016 when I graduated from the University of Georgia. We focus on book ownership and low income communities. And we also create virtual reading challenges for students to participate in. That's I was awesome. really adamant about combining sport and reading. Mm -hmm. But we take the idea of uh, reading minutes and turn those into um, points, quote unquote points. Great. Um, and then we develop competitions around that. For example, um, we have Read Bowl, which is in session now. It's where a classroom in Georgia can compete with a classroom in Hawaii to see who can read the most minutes. It's, kind of, it's actually kind of cool and fun. That is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So you, do you get the kids interacting with one another or? No, we have to, we want to do that. Yeah. Um, we started this in 2017 after I won the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. So in terms of tech, we're still pretty early. But we've now gotten it on our own platform, so we don't use a third party, and we're yeah. going to keep advancing. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Well, congratulations on your book. Thank you. This has been great. Yeah, I appreciate you. It's a. Uh, I'd love to talk to you again, and and yeah, hit me up anytime. Absolutely, I will.